This podcast is brought to you by Unemployable. Check out their website and use discount code JD20 for 20% off your purchase. What's going on, guys? It's JD, and today we are with Spencer Crandall. Thank you for being on the show today. Of course. Excited to be here. What's up, man? (laughs) So this is going to be a little bit of a different interview because you're a country singer, not a typical TikToker that we started this podcast around. So how did you start making music? What was your inspiration? Yeah, um, you know, a lot of people kind of grow up doing music. That's that's not really my story. I uh, I went to go play some college football, got two shoulder surgeries, had no idea what to do with my life, and was super bored in my dorm room. So for my senior year in high school, I learned to play the guitar, you know, a couple chords, and um, I was just bored. I kind of lost my identity as a football player, and I'm sitting in my dorm room, and I see this old crappy Walmart guitar staring me in the face every day and I'm like well that sounds better than homework so I just started messing around and I I worked up the you know the gall to kind of post a, a cover I think it was like Wagon Wheel it was like 15 seconds and it got no likes and I just I don't know I still was like I love doing this and I I started to write music and I think as I started to write stories and come up with things and my friends would be like hey that was stuck in my head it kind of became addicting so um Built a, a presence online, moved to Nashville in August 2016, and just kind of been doing it ever since, about six years. So where did where were you at college? I went to uh, play football at Colorado Mesa University in Grand Junction, Colorado, and then ended up at Colorado State University for a couple of years, ended up finishing online with the year left in Nashville. All right, so you were playing some, when did you release your first I wouldn't say song or cover. You said you released Wagon Wheel. When was the first time you like actually put out a song or a cover for people to listen? Yeah, I put out a bunch of covers, you know, probably for like a year of like, I did like uh, something Friday, like New Music Friday or Cover Friday or something like that for a long time. Upped it to like two or three times a week and um, did a lot of covers, but I, I recorded an EP that actually kind of doesn't exist online anymore but it was my first you know the first five songs I'd ever written and I just was like well let's put it out and see what happens and you know it's crazy like I still have people who are like I've been following you since you know, that first EP it was just like a self-titled little five songs and it was a big part of figuring out who I was what I like what I don't like what worked what didn't work and I'm super thankful for that so that was probably right after my freshman year of college so did you model your songs or covers after anyone or did you just kind of say I like this song I'm going to do a cover of it yeah the covers I just picked popular songs because I knew that's what people wanted to hear and I think especially when you're first starting out it's a good way for people to familiarize themselves with you so I would um, you know I would sing Wagon Wheel and if everyone knows Wagon Wheel they go oh I like his voice and then over time you start slipping in okay maybe the ratios um you know, 100%, 0%, but then it slowly slips to like 90, 10. We're like, okay, now I'm starting to post some stuff. Um, this is like before stories, so I would just post everything on my page. Yeah. All of a sudden you get to 50, 50, and, and now I do some cover stuff, but a lot of it's original, original stuff. So where did you, you said you were in your dorm room, where did you like start recording? Because you didn't have a studio right off the bat. Where did you start recording? I, I found a guy, uh, his name's Tyler Ward. He was a big YouTube star back in the day. And I reached out to him. I was like, "Yo, you you were from Colorado? Like, help!" <laughs> a guy named Mike and Mike and I recorded that first 
five song EP in the basement of a church in Boulder, Colorado. I drive like 40 minutes every time to go to the studio. And, you know, Mike was super, Mike Binder, I believe his name was. And he was super kind to me, super patient. I had all these opinions, even though I'd never heard anything <laughs> music. So he's like, well, let's try it. And then he kind of like let me try it. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's not it. <laughs> he was really kind. He, you know, gave me a lot of like vocal tips I, I had never sang before. So starting out, I, my voice was okay, but he had all these things like, make sure to take really deep breaths. Try to sing from your belly, not from your nose. Like yeah. all these little things that, you know, I actually ended up taking with me. So if you're out there, Mike Binder, you're super nice. <laughs> so you're, you started in the basement of a church, you said. So you, and you said you started with football and he gave you some tips and whatever. When did you like say like, all right, this guy's giving me some tips. I put out my first EP. I have some people listening. When were you like, all right, well, now I have people listening to me. Now I got to take a step further. Maybe find a manager, find a studio, find a place to live. When did that come into play? Yeah, I feel like every year of my career, there's just kind of like a natural step that happens. So like the first year was just try it. Just put on the coat and see if it even fits and how, you know, that was a big part of it. The second year was like put something out. I think year three was like, oh, people are noticing me at the grocery store or they're, you know, we do these little like acoustic things and people would request my songs or I played like these fraternity parties and people would be like, hey, I know who you are. You're, I have your song on my iTunes. I'm like, oh crap, that's crazy. So my junior year in college, it was probably like year three, I had, you know, like a hundred some thousand followers on Instagram and almost another hundred thousand on, on Twitter and I was just really hustling online and some opportunities started to happen in Nashville where we email people and they'd be like, Hey, yeah, man, as soon as you're here, let us know. And we'd be like, what? So we took trips for six months every month. So from January to August or from like, yeah, for like eight months, January to August. And, um, Oh, by the way, in that time, let's take a quick step back. I started working with uh, my longtime manager, BFF, Jeff Cherry, who's the man. And, um, I just kind of knew at a certain point I needed a couple things. I needed music, I needed help, and I needed fans. Yeah. To listen to stuff. So I started making music, I started working with Jeff, and then, you know, I've always bet really hard on the internet. And by betting on the internet, it all opened up a ton of doors in Nashville, and I slowly got to take trips out here, and, you know, eventually was kind of like here. I met a lot of my good friends who I'm still friends with, and they're like, you should be here, because the opportunities are here. In yeah. So... I made the move and, uh, you know, as I say, the rest of the history. So when did you, like, make your first, when did you realize that it was time to make your first album, not just an EP? You know, I, I made, like, an acoustic mixtape um, back in 2007? I don't remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, 2017, 2018, and I, um, and I just... I knew that I wanted to just get better and to get better I have to try and fail that's the only way I know how so uh, or try and succeed of course but yeah. you know part of that is just trial and error so I just started cranking out music I wrote twice a day for like a year and um, just had a collection of songs so I, I met some of my good buddies uh, Josh Barker and Ethan Brewington and they helped me produce my first project which is the 5280 acoustic mixtape. 
And, um, you know, it went number one on iTunes, which is pretty crazy. And that was like a really big deal for me. And um, again, just like a bunch of steps were taken in that year where when I was doing it, it didn't feel like a big leap forward. And then yeah. Back, I was like, oh, dang, we really moved forward. So I think the album came from I wanted to give people enough to come to a live show. Yeah. Because if you just put out a single, people are like, yeah, I can go see that song. Yeah. And album, they can be like, oh, that's my first, my second, my third, my fourth favorite. Yeah. So just more, you know, more opportunities. I still believe in this. Like more opportunities for something to go viral, more opportunities for somebody to love something. Just get its extra hooks in the water. Yeah, because it's like, if you think about it, you look at it, you're getting like 100 followers, 200 followers, you're like, all right, it's not a big deal. But like looking back at it after you start gaining 1,000, 2,000, even 100,000, you look back at it and you're like, without those 100, 200 a day, I'm not gaining 1,000, 2,000 a day. Yeah, yeah it's, it's these little victories and habits that are a daily grind that feel you know, monotonous or like a lot. And then so you look back and like, oh, if I didn't do it every day, 365 days a year for four years, you know, that, that's 1,200, 1,300 yeah. attempts or multipliers or you know, growths. So it's really important. It's, it's changed my life. Yeah, because each, each time you put out something or talk to someone, it's a new door that could open because you never know. We could even relate it to coronavirus right now. One person has it, spread it to two people they don't know, it just keeps going. If you talk to someone, they like your music, they send it to their family, their their family likes it, and then it just keeps going from there. Like You never know how it could start. Yeah, I've always kind of believed in you know, grassroots snowball effect, which is like just focus on today. Like, How can I make an extra... A hundred people just know who I am. Yeah. That adds up really quickly, I think. Especially if you're really adding value in people's lives over the course of multiple years, you know, how many of those people are going around and being like telling the orthodontist their <laughs> their grandma, their brother, their sister, their nephew, whatever, and they're like, Hey, have you were Spencer? And each song's another opportunity yeah. to kind of you know, for lack of a better term, like spread the gospel. Um, and and get it to more people. So it's it's awesome, and I'm super thankful that people you know give a crap about it <laughs> enough to like to do that. And and it means a lot to me when they do. I, whenever somebody's like, "Hey, I told my friend, and they're a fan now," like that gives me chill, the chills. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. So and like even so, you put it out, and like it just never know. Maybe it explodes, and like you said, something that you put on your first time got to number one on iTunes, like it's just something that could just happen overnight. It could happen over the course of a few months. And singing is one of those things that you could sing for 30 years, 40 years. Like it's not like it can go away. Like it's something you can do for a very long time. Yeah, it, it's fun, man. I, I feel super blessed to do what I do. So now the first song that I caught you on, you actually put out on TikTok I found it. It was, uh, I think it was Before I Do was actually, I think, the song that you put out. And I was like, you know what? This guy's got, he's got a good voice. So I went right to iTunes. I looked up the song. I listened to it. I was like, you know, this is pretty good. Then I listened to the entire album. And I kid you not, I screenshotted it. I put it on my story. And I said, this guy is going to be the next big thing. And I'm going to put you guys on now. So... I was showing my friends a few songs. Like I have a few friends in my small group that like country music. And you know, like they listen to like Lulu Combs, Jason Aldean, this, that, the other thing. 
and a few weeks later, we were going, I think we were going maybe to the beach or something, and I was playing the song, and they're like, this guy's, like, he's got good vibes, like, it's upbeat, like, you know, it's not, like, soft, it's not, like, it's got good, it's got good beats to it, and then actually, um, I think the song City Girl, I think it's called, my, I actually listened to it, and my friend, he texted me, like, a few weeks later, like, after he's trying to find some new songs for his playlist, he goes, I'm pretty sure you know what this song is, but this song's actually fire. And I was like, I told you, like, it's, it's, you gotta listen to it. So then I, um, after I told my family that you're coming, like, on the podcast, I showed my brother, I was like, cause he's a big country guy too. And I was like, I've been listening to him for almost a year, like, just like, check him out or whatever, cause he lives in the city now. So, like, I don't really live with him too much. But he was home and I showed him, he's like, this is actually good, like, it's good country. He's like, I was expecting, like, maybe, like, a Luke Combs-type beat, but he's got more of, like, a Dan and Shay, something you could vibe with, something you could relate to. I was like, yeah, it's a it's a good artist. So, like, going back to the topic we talked about, it's just something that opens up new doors left and right. Like, now my friend's going to go tell his friends, and my brother's going to go share his to his friends. And we go to um, we go to concerts a lot, like, to Jones Beach before everything got shut down. But that could lead into have you, like he asked me and I didn't personally know, but have you ever opened for a performance or performed at a big event in front of someone that like a mainstream before you got your own album and following? Yeah, so <clears throat> I've been playing shows for you know really since the beginning. Um, started off playing these little fraternity things and these little bar things and, and they were great you know like there's still people who are like I know this sounds crazy but I saw you in CSU tailgate in 2015 <laughs> so it's cool um, you know one of the first things I did when I moved to town is that I met my buddy Tyler Rich and Tyler's a country artist as well he's with Big Machine Records and at the time he didn't have a deal but he was on tour with Dustin Lynch and so um, I had actually seen him as a fan just as a fan of his music yeah so, or it was Dustin Lynch, Chris Lane, Tyler. So me and Tyler become friends. I actually end up moving next to him uh, for like three years, and we're still really, really close. And I was at his wedding, and he's an awesome guy. He's a real champion of other artists. So I lied to Tyler, and I told him, hey, you got a show in California. I'm going to be out in California seeing family. I don't have any family in California. Uh, I'll be out there. You don't have to pay me. I'll just play acoustic. I'll open up the shows. I'm like, sure. Sounds great. He knew. He saw my socials, and so that I could add some value there. So I did that. Um, we were hanging at our place, and one of his buddies, Chris Lane, I ran into a barbecue, and I kind of did the same thing. He was playing a show in Denver. He, we ended up exchanging numbers, and I was like, yeah, man, um, I see you're going to be in Denver. I'm already going to be in Denver that weekend. I wasn't. <laughs> I'll, I'll open up acoustically, you know, just... I'll, I'll do it for free. Just let me know. Just give me 20 minutes. And he's like, great. Yeah, it's, that's easy. So, um, you know, kind of same thing. I offered, like, well, I can just bring out some more people with my socials. And um, he was like, sure, that sounds great. So it was uh, Chris, then Morgan Wallen, and then me. Um, so I hopped on that tour for, you know, the rest of that 12 dates or whatever. And through that whole experience, I ended up signing with a booking agency. So I've gotten to open up for... Um, a lot of cool people, but then I actually ended up opening up for my biggest show I've gotten to play was opening up for Dustin Lynch at the Sterling County Fair for like 5,000 people. And so it's a weird, like, full circle moment. Yeah. I'm kind of friends with a couple of them and got to open up for all three of them. You know, it's, it's you just kind of never know what a couple of years can do. And yeah. Shut down right now, but hopefully we'll get back to 
playing some really really fun <laughs> shows because I haven't played a show since before TikTok, before my person, before kind of any of that stuff. So I'm really curious to see who would come out. Yeah, because now you have a couple more albums, you have a couple more, a couple more singles, you have a couple more covers. Like, there's a lot more opportunity now for people like. Uh, like Jason Aldean, like at J- at Jones Beach, Kane Brown opened up for him, and he had just, uh, I think Kane Brown just like released that he was releasing an album, played a couple songs, and then actually Jason Aldean, like a couple of weeks before that concert, he actually released that he's releasing an album in late 2019, early 2020, and uh, he actually played one of his songs, and then you're like, that's like a good song. Now you have something to look forward to. So like you said, you just did it for free, just like because like you said, you like the hustle. You need to you need to grind through into sixty five days a year. Like there's really no stopping. So then, now doing that for free, you have people that now follow you because of those, and you make money later on. But it's more the sacrifice that you have to grow on than just trying to like push for money, money, money. You push for the free part, and you it's the more the grind that helps you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a yes man by trade. I just, I just say yes. Like I said yes to this podcast because I, you just never know what's going to come of it. You know, yeah. I could get in just the right amount of people who tell the right amount of people who tell the right amount of people. Yeah. That's great. So I love the opportunity to speak to new people and, and like I, you could end up being the CEO of iHeartRadio in 20 years, and I'll be like, dude, how crazy was it that I was on your podcast? You know, whatever. It yeah. So I'm just a yes guy. I've I've gone and driven and played really really cool shows because I got to say yes. I've played for zero people because I said yes. But every time you learn something, you take something from it, and you, you keep moving forward. So I think it's a big part of my career. It's a big part of my shows. It's a big part of you know who I am. Yeah, like, I could even relate to that right now. Like, um, I've done, I think, this is now my third episode. And, you know, I gained, I want to say I've gained, like, 300, 400 followers in the last two weeks. And listen, you look you look at it, you're like, oh, listen, like, I'm, it's still so far away from the goal I want so far. But, like, you, you promoting, like, hey, I'm going to be on this podcast. Maybe a few people from your following now look at me and say, all right, now this is a cool podcast and they wait till the next one and then it just keeps going on like that. It just, you never know. You got to talk to the right people. And like you said, the right people could talk to the right people and then they just keep going on and it's like a snowball effect. You say yes to all the opportunities you get and you never know when one hits. Yeah, absolutely. So now, like like I said, I found you on TikTok. What, was, what were you like to now you see TikTok? Were you like, this is another opportunity. Let me just hop on it, play some of my songs announce some things like was that pretty much what your mindset was yeah i'm kind of always looking for you know where is the real attention where the eyeballs and ears where are people you know like if you're in the car with someone and they're sitting in the passenger seat how are they passing their time yeah that's where you want to go if you want to gain awareness and attention you got to go where it actually is so you know instagram was kind of dying off yeah I, i was doing so well there and then i kind of like plateaued so it was really important for me to kind of find a new medium to find brand new fans. And so at the end of 2019, I just started posting like two, three times a day. And I saw like my sister was on it and some of these younger people I knew. And I was like, okay, this is obviously kind of the next thing. I missed out on Vine. I don't want to do that again. I want to be an early adapter. So even if this is, you know, 
the exact follower count I found you at, but you were definitely verified already. And uh, were you like, did you announce your TikTok to your Instagram followers or did you start just straight from scratch, zero followers, post a couple songs and then it kind of just blew up from there? Yeah, I posted, you know, early on, just like, hey, I'm on TikTok. But even at that time, like, no one's really on TikTok. So people were like confused. Like, okay, <laughs> cool. Like, have fun playing to nobody. But I think people really underestimated, um, including myself, like where, how, or rather how much attention was on the app. So I don't know, I just really built it from scratch and I just started seeing some good results and I, I just believe in trial and error. So I just, I tried and I failed and I tried and I failed and then boom, I had something get watched a hundred thousand times. Okay, well that feels good. And all of a sudden I have, what was crazy and what is crazy is that I see like the followers and the monthly listeners and these kinds of things jump so significantly Yeah. that um, it's just worth it. And so I, I just kept doing it. And all of a sudden I got, you know, a couple of videos that really popped off and I would gain like 500,000 followers in a two week span or something like that. That's crazy. Crap what is happening right now. And, and then, you know, I, I got lucky enough to have a couple songs pop off on it and, and get up into the U.S. viral top 50. And, um, yes, it's just really changed my life. I think as an independent artist who's never been to radio, to have a song with almost 13 million streams or have a, you know, just like almost 60 million streams total, it's pretty fun. It feels good to say, like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this, and, and it's because of the Internet. So now you do – I, I... – you do post on TikTok, you post like announcements of songs, you do up people using your songs. Um, now your latest album, Wilderness, you were number one on the charts for, I don't even know, a couple of weeks, even maybe over a month or two. But you posted like how good it felt to you that you weren't signed by a label and it was number one on the charts. You did it like all with your own time, your own friends, your close friends. What is it like to not be a label and be recognized as the number one album, number one song on the charts? Yeah, it's so cool, man. Like, you know, I have a lot of friends who have deals and I have a lot of friends who don't have deals. And I'm not against having a record deal. I just kind of have always really bet on myself and the internet. And I think those things hold a lot more weight than people think they do. So it felt great that, like, my ideologies and my theories and hypotheses were verified by what actually happened you know it's, it's always good to kind of not feel crazy so yeah it was like you know leading up to it like is this gonna really make a splash and it was really cool we got it to number one on, on country and, and then like number four all genre was really kind of a surprise I, I was i was really just elated to see that so it was awesome i, I used tiktok and i used instagram and the internet and the hope was that I added enough value to people along the way that when I go for a big ask, like, hey, would you buy this album? It doesn't feel like a huge, like, out of nowhere thing. It feels like, oh, of course, I'd love to because yeah. you're so much for me. I want to do something for you. So I still believe in that. And I think it's, you know, my plans for this year are really just doubling down on, on what we already believe in. What we're already doing. So do you have any, like, do you have any projects that are going to be released in 20, 2021 or is it more of like a, because I know a lot of artists, they do 
put out a big album and it does well and they kind of just have a build up they t- not take a year off but they record songs for a year and then release it a year later do you have projects that are already stored do you still have to record do you have something that is coming out like how does that how do these dates and things apply to you yeah i mean to be honest like i put everything i had into wilderness so that felt really good it felt great to see it do what it did I think now the next step is you know think about if I'm going to do a project what does that look like I think Wilderness really raised the bar of what a project should be and, and what it should look like because it was so different than any other country album you know, yeah those intros interludes these four EPs that made up an album the artwork like everything was so intentional and so I think if I if I'm going to do another project anytime soon I'd want to make it you know, I want to try to beat myself and even make it that much more cool, that yeah. much more intentional, and that much different for the genre. So um, that's the plan. I have some ideas running through my head that I'm I'm pretty excited about. And um, right now, I'm just I'm stacking up songs. I came from a right uh, to this podcast, so I feel like I already have a collection of songs that I'm incredibly incredibly proud of. Um, that I feel like I'm I'm already finding new ways to say things and. It's really exciting. I think, you know, Wilderness actually, sometimes I think albums take a lot out of you. Wilderness put a lot into me, inspiration-wise, because I was like, oh, I feel so free to do whatever I want to do. Yeah. To create cool things that nobody else is doing and to tell stories in a way that I've never heard. So all that stuff really inspired me, the outros, intros, interludes, um, the format, all that stuff. I I felt like I want to do more of this. I want to put out the next best thing yeah so so i feel super inspired so now you're inspired by a lot of things and you said like you want to tell a story where are your albums from past experiences or are they more of hypothetical let's relate to my fans kind of songs yeah i think there's a couple different kinds of songs i only put out songs that i have lived wish i didn't live want to live and or have like lived vicariously through somebody so like I've had to like really feel it in my bones and it's had to actually made me feel some stuff so although sometimes you know you change a word for a rhyme so let's say like you know Ford and door might be closer but I actually drove a Chevy What's important there is that she got out of the car and it was really sad or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, although I've I haven't quite lived the full blown story of a song that I love called "Saying This," I have been on, you know, the end of somebody packing up all their things. And although they didn't head out to Malibu, they moved across town. And <laughs> as long as I can really like, it makes me feel something, and and I've at least lived a good enough part of it, then I, I feel super comfortable saying that story and being the messenger and, um, but I, I really all that being said I really try to just write my actual stories I think Wilderness was a great example of that with my person with things I can't say with saying this with good thing with anything outside is like so my story that literally not another human could sing it and I think those songs are awesome and sometimes you know it doesn't always have to be the most specific thing of all time it's nice yeah. to have some relatability and so it's this, it's this balancing act, and every song is different. All right, so now my my personal favorite song from you is Before I Do. 
Now, I listened to that over and over again. I'm not going to lie. But um, was that something... Because that's like the first song that's listed on that album. Yeah. Uh, um, now, when you're going through it, like you said, I don't know if this was relatable to you or one of your friends or however. But I know like... Um, like iTunes, I have like a little star next to like, like the one of the songs that are meant to be for that album. That's kind of like the face of the album. Would you say when you list the songs, do you list it in order of favorites, in order of how the story goes, of uh, how you think people should listen to it? Like, how do you base how you list the songs and kind of tell the story of that album? So for the more album. Um... It was just the, the order that I wanted people to listen to it. I felt like it had a good rhythm. It kind of took you on a journey. Um, but yeah, it just felt good. The more I listened to the songs, the more I just wanted to hear them in that order. And um, it was intentional, but wasn't like... Um, Wilderness was such another level where like it's quite literally packaged as this kind of compass where it's northeast, west, south, north about identity, east about love, west about heartbreak, south about summertime and nostalgia. And... Um, I wanted people to hear the songs in that order. They have these intros. I kind of always call them palate cleansers. That really, you kind of taste what you're about to taste. Yeah. Even taste so you know something like uh, you always heard the one you love. That is meant to kind of after an EP all about love to kind of break your heart and to be like, yeah. whoa, this is a new <laughs> thing. We're going to new territories. So. I made them exactly in the order, exactly the length of time, and the intros, outros, everything was perfectly where I wanted it to be, so that one was super intentional about um, order and placement. Alright, so now, like, now we kind of went through a timeline of where you started, this, that, and the other thing, who you played for, uh, your albums now, do you have, like, an artist right now? Because... It, it always there's always a question that I want to ask someone like you because I don't get the chance to talk to a famous country singer or a famous athlete every every day do you um, I know you just put out a duet cover of Luke Holmes is there someone that you try and reach out to or you wish to reach out to that you could make a song with or even get them on your album as a feature or something or you get on their next album as a feature yeah, I mean, you know, you always have your, like, bucket list. I think my, like, huge bucket list would be, like, Keith Urban, Justin Timberlake, John Bellion, Taylor Swift, some of, like, massive names. But, um, you know, on this next project, I'd love to have some features. And I always go to people like Charlie Puth or Jack Harlow or Lauren Elena. Um, I actually have, like, specific songs that I can already hear them on, so that's why those names come up really, you know, easily for me. And I love what they do. I, I think we make awesome stuff. And... I've actually written some songs where it's either a duet or a, you know, a second verse that could be rapped or something like that. And I feel like those people make a great fit on and I just love what they do. So you, you, like, I would say like, correct me if I'm wrong. You're like a pop country artist. Like you have upbeat, like you, it's a, I, I would say it's like you could fit into the pop category. It could fit into country. It could fit into obviously pop country. Now, do you look like you said jack harlow for example he he put out an album a few weeks ago and he's rap like he's a rap artist now do you look to even like not switch your genre but take a like it's a step in the pool of maybe having a country rap kind of playlist album type of thing yeah 
or is it just like a specific song that you'd want in an album? Yeah, I, I just don't, I don't really make stuff based on genre or based on like where I think it's going to go. I just make stuff that I want to listen to in my car. <laughs> that, that, that I make music that I like and it is not going to be for everyone. I don't think it should be, you know, when music is made for the purpose to be a hit and to be, you know, widely commercial, I think you can feel it. I think it, the best songs are just when somebody pours their heart out and it just so happens that what they do matches where the market is. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, Billie Eilish is a great example of that. Like 20 years ago, the market was not ready for Billie Eilish. No, definitely not. (laughs) All her influences and what she does and all that stuff match what people were feeling. And so she made what she thought was cool and people loved it. So I, I try to do the same thing. You know, like, I love country music. I feel like I'll always be in country music. I love the storytelling. I love the instruments. I love the people. I love the fans. Um, but I also just want to make stuff that I want to make. So sometimes it has a bass drop. Sometimes it has a crazy beatbox <laughs> thing or a vocal chop or whatever. And if I think it fits the song and I want to listen to it in my car, then that's my, that's my barometer and nothing else. So you really not saying like you make your make your music and not care what people think you more of make it how you think and what you would listen to in your car and if it, you think it's relatable enough because obviously a lot of your songs are and like you said they tell a story that's what you put your music out on is if you want to listen to it you would think other people want to listen to it if it's a good enough song yeah I think a lot of artists um, get it twisted and they think oh the, um, this is what's happening, so I should do that. But I think instead you should ask yourself, like, as a consumer, what do you feel like is missing that you want to hear? Yeah. And I think, you know, and I've, I've done this in my life. Like, I put out a song and I'm like, oh, I don't even want to listen to that. Other <laughs> people want to listen to that. But I really try to write stuff that, like, if I'm on a long road trip, like, I would put on Wilderness and I would jam to that music. And yeah. And I love the stories. And yes, of course, there's another way to get better and to change and to grow. But that was, at the time, the best thing that I could possibly make. And I'm really proud of that. And that's my goal is just to keep making stuff that I love, keep making stuff that I think is, is great and fills the void in the market. And like going back to what you said about it, it's this what's working, let's put that out. You almost got to put like your own twist on it or do something that someone else hasn't done. Like you said, with Wilderness, you did north south east and west and you did intros outros interludes this that, and the other thing like when i first started doing like the tiktok the whole tiktok thing i was like i made a couple of videos a couple of them blew up and then i went on to like try and get a tiktoker's attention and i was getting backlash for it because someone already did it and i gave long story short i gave him credit but now i deleted the videos off my page and I was at such, like, a loss. Like, I didn't know what to do. I was trying to follow the trends. But, like, the trends were, like, kind of dying out. So, like, nothing was getting views. So, I actually... Um, one of the TikTokers that I watch that I'm now friends with is Tommy Unold. I don't know if you saw him. But he, like, I, t- I talk to him. And I do talk to him pretty much every day. He goes live on Twitch, whatever. And I actually got to talk to him. He went on Omegle on his Snapchat under his name. So, I went on it. And I told him exactly, like, I just felt like I needed to talk to someone. So I talked to Tommy, and he was like, listen, like, 
you just got to keep going. Kind of like you said, you just got to keep grinding, keep grinding, this, that, and the other thing. And I said, like, I asked him, I said, how did you get such a big following? He's at 9.8 million followers. He's verified. Millions of people, like, if you say, do you know him? They say yes. And I was like, what did you do that made yourself just blow up? He said, at the time, because his big thing is doing interviews with people, making them feel awkward. People laugh at them because they're funny. And he said, you just got to find something that's unique to you that you could make people laugh, make people smile, and something that's different that hasn't been done because then people watch it because it's different. So going back to what you did, like the intros, the outros, the interludes, the EPs within the albums, this, that, and the other thing, people, like, maybe that's why it got to the number one on the charts because it's different and it's good. And now people want to listen to it. And like you said, people could go on a three, four-hour road trip and they could just jam out to it. Like, and... And like you said, like if you like the song and you just want to jam out to it, like I'm guilty of it. If I hear a song that's four minutes long and I like all four minutes and I could sing every word to it, I'm gonna replay the song and I'm gonna keep listening to it. Like there's stuff, there's stuff like that. You just gotta keep grinding, find something different to do. Like, like this podcast. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I'm trying something that I like to do. That I'm talking to people. That like hell, I didn't think I was ever gonna talk to you. I listened to your music and I'm like. Oh, I'll shoot him a DM. And he answered. It's like, it's just something crazy like that. Like, you've got to be different. you gotta, you got to try it. Yeah, and, and I think being different, um, there, there's a, a reason to be different if, if it's authentic. And some people aren't different. Like, I mean this with all love. Like, I don't think Luke Combs is doing something that hasn't been done before. Yeah. But he's so authentically what he does that like he shouldn't do different because he does what's what has been done before the best he's the yeah. best at that, so he should do that and like you know if, if you have a great golf swing you don't have to do something different just because somebody else is yeah like if you are the best golfer it's probably because you do what everyone's done yeah i think in art it's just important to ask yourself like what parts should i take from the market and what's already out there and, and how do i become commercial and also how do i do something different and also, how am I authentic? And if all yeah. those things, three things kind of get a check, 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 then you move forward and, you know, and it is trial and error and just try some stuff out. It's great. So now, like, we've went through, um, like, where you've been, who you kind of base yourself after. So what do you think, besides, apart from the Wilderness album, what do you think that you do differently or the same as people that you listen to that actually helped you actually like kind of explode? I think a big part of finding out who I am is, is trying on, you know, a lot of different hats, if you will. And you just kind of, I have an author that I love, his name's Rob Bell, and he talks about transcend and include. Like how do you transcend the things that don't help you or serve you and include the things that do? So listening to music, I just heard things like, okay, I love when Keith Urban jams on the banjo and uses these country instruments in like a pop way okay i love that i love taylor swift sam hunt some of these storytellers who like get so personal like this can't be anyone else's song i love beatboxing i love bass drops i love okay so i now have a palette of things that i know what i can use and what i would like to use and um and then a lot of it's just not overthinking stuff like just make stuff you love and get stuck in your head if you're proud of the production you're proud of the writing 
it's done, it's or it's close to being done. Just yeah. Wrap it up, put it out there. So I think where I'm different than some people is is my ability to not overthink stuff. Um, I think it's in trying with all my heart to push the genre and respect the genre at the same time. Um, you know, I think my voice sounds different, which I used to think was a bad thing. Now I think it's a good thing. Um, you know, I don't sound like Luke Combs and Morgan Wallen, but I think that's what's good is that I'm a different flavor from some of these yeah. people. Um, I think hopefully my songwriting sets me apart. I really want to tell stories that feel unique and yet personal to everyone. So all that stuff is, is the hope is that all that stuff sets me apart. All right, so we kind of got a big basis of different things of songwriting, personal questions, and personal experiences. So now we can hop into some fan questions. And the first one that catches my eye, which is actually the first one, by Renee Like Penne. And she wants to know, what song did you feel the most vulnerable while writing? Um... There's a couple on the album. Um, you know, Never Really Gone is a song about my dad. That that takes a lot of, like, kind of opens up a wound that I've never actually opened up, which is, like, what would happen if my dad died? And that's one of my biggest fears in my life. I'm so close to my parents. and So that was really vulnerable, just getting to that place of, like, you know, I, I really do, like, choke up every time I hear that song. Anything outside is kind of like the anthem or, like, theme song of wilderness it, it's like about following your dreams and just not giving a crap about what anybody else yeah. does so I think that one's you know super vulnerable I think some of the breakup stuff requires some more vulnerability like when you think of me as a song in the album that like it's kind of hard to say it, you're like I know that I messed up but I really hope that you think of the good stuff not the bad stuff yeah. that stuff is you know especially as um as humans, we want people to to remember us only by the by the good. That's that's one of the challenges of life. Um, and even in the love stuff, like it's vulnerable to tell someone how you feel. Yeah. Really, I think songwriting in general is super vulnerable. But those are just some examples. Of uh, we could go to Anna underscore Mikkel. What are your top five cities to play a concert in? Hmm. I always go with Denver number one just because it's my home and it feels good to go back and see, you know, like my grandparents will come to the show, which is nice. So, uh, obviously, in a COVID world. I really like playing in Cali. Just, you get some sunshine. I always end up like popping over to Disney or something like that. You know, same thing with like Florida. Orlando's fun. Um, I played some really fun shows in Ohio. Just the whole state. And same with Indy. Indiana. So, those are some great places, but I mean, it, it's it's really just the crowd and what they bring you and the energy. It's pretty rare that I play a show. I'm like, oh man, that sucked. Like, it's <laughs> so fun to see people who are out there, especially if they're singing along and, and they're there for you. It's great. Um, now let's see. Roberts underscore Courtney, what is a song that always puts you in a good mood? Um, I got some go tos. Um. There's a song called I'm Good by the Mowgli's. It's really catchy and literally the chorus is like, <laughs> I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And I listen to that in the car in the summertime. It just makes me feel good. 
Uh, Wake Me Up by Avicii, you know, a lot of Justin Timberlake, John Bellion. Um, now, Christina Durrell 16 wants to know when your merch will be available for shipping to Canada. Uh, I don't know. Great question. Um, <laughs> uh, we got one from Abby Joe Brown. Are you single? I am single. Yeah. <laughs> now there was I saw two of these. They're actually the same question. One from Noel underscore Christmas and one from Sarah and twelve twelve. Would you ever date a fan? Everyone always asks that question. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know what a. I guess what your operational definition of a fan is. Like, I, I would hope whoever I date is a fan of my music because it would be super awkward. <laughs> like, you know what I hate? It's your song. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I would hope whoever I end up with is a fan. I, I don't know like what people really mean by that question. I guess, you know, anything's a possibility. Uh, red underscore sky underscore Tory. Who's one person you'd collaborate with if the opportunity was present? Hmm. You know, I always kind of have these same kind of people on top of my head. Thomas Rhett, Dan Shea, Sam Hunt, Keith Urban, Taylor Swift, um, Lauren Elena, Daniel Bradbury. The list is very, very long. I, I just have, I'm a, I'm a fan of music, so it's, it's fun. And like some of those people I said earlier, Charlie Puth. Jack Carlo, Lizzo, a lot of people. So now I'll put these two kind of together because they're kind of the same thing. One from Glavasa and Steel Toe 06. The first part is what's the favorite song? What's your favorite song you've produced? And the second part is what's your favorite song to sing or perform? That's a good question. Um, favorite song I've ever produced. Um, I'll go with one that maybe not a lot of people think of. Uh, Delete All is a song off my new album, Wilderness, and um, it just has this like signature thing to it. I don't know, it feels so different than a lot of the stuff I've made. And My producer and I, Lalo, we kind of saved that, that song for last because we're like, oh, we think that one's going to be really hard. We knocked it out in like an afternoon. It just <laughs> came together and it was so fun to make and those big pushes on that chorus. Now I'm boom. <laughs> So is that is my person the one that you say is your favorite to sing? Because you have, like you said, you get the phones coming out, you get the people getting engaged, this, that, and the other thing, people dancing. Would you say singing that song was is the most one or the most happy to you or the most the best song that you like to perform? Like you said, you haven't gotten to perform it, but like. My breakout song so far, so it feels it always feels good when it's a song that I love that I've related to so much in my life, and then you know somebody is saying like that's me and my partner's song, that's um, that's a song I walk down the aisle to, so that's always really special. And uh, yeah, the last time I got to play it live at like a ticketed show, somebody did get engaged to it, so that's always fun. Okay, so we could go to um, the we'll go. This will be the last question uh, from. 
E Johnson seventy seven. Uh, what advice would you give to someone who is just starting their career in music? Um, you know, I kind of always go down this line of like, first of all, really take good inventory of what you are, what you believe in, what you like, what you don't like. Kind of build up your self awareness and know yourself really, really well. I think it's a huge part of doing anything in life. Then ask yourself where you want to go, where you want to end up. So like, okay, who am I? What's the goal? If who I am and the goal line up, then you're good. If they don't, it's something to look at. Um, you know, if, if you're definitely afraid of speaking in front of people who want to be a stand-up comedian, that could be a problem. <laughs> hey, I think my skill set really matches up with this. Then just become tunnel vision. Do not give an F about what anybody thinks and just start doing it. You know, you don't need permission by somebody. When, when everyone's like, when did you know you were a songwriter? I didn't for a long time. You just start writing songs. You know, there's great poets and songwriters and producers and basketball players and all these kinds of things. They just started. That's all you got to yeah. do is start and, and not overthink stuff. And I think, you know, the words I always use are grace and patience. Give yourself grace that you've never done this before. So how would you be able to do it perfectly? And how do we know something's right unless we do it wrong? You know, like, part yeah. of it is just getting these things out of the way, giving yourself just infinite grace and forgiveness, and then be patient. Like, it's so rare that, you know, if you have a 1% dream, like playing a football stadium, or being in the NBA, or having a New York Times best-selling book, or being in a movie, it's so rare people even do that within 10 years. Yeah. That, that is the best of the best. That's becoming a master. And so, you know, if you want to be a master, you at least got to go get your master's. <laughs> so take two years, four years, and just become excellent at something. Become, you know, the word I always use is undeniable. You walk in a room and you just know whoever's in that room isn't going to be able to say no to you because you're that good. Steph Curry can walk in and just, he doesn't have to say a word. He just hits 103 points in a row. You're like, cool, he's great at basketball. So, you know, chase undeniability. Give yourself grace and patience and 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 have fun. If you're not having fun, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'll we'll head to the game now, and I will give you a heads up. I'm gonna get, there's gonna be 15 questions. The first two people both have eight out of 15. Um, if you get above eight, you'll be in first. If you get eight, you'll be tied for first, like those two. And if you get less than eight, you're going to be technically in third, but you'll technically be in second because they're tied. Uh, what are two things you can eat but never for breakfast? Lunch and dinner. All right, one for one. Uh, what never asked a question but gets answered all the time? You say that one more time. What never asks a question but gets answered all the time? Technically, yes, it was a cell phone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, two for two. Um, what starts with E and ends with E, but has only one letter in it? Uh, envelope. Wow, three for three. You're the first one who got that right. Um, uh, 
what will you actually find at the end of every rainbow? A W. You're, you're good at this. You're four for four. Um, what has a thumb and four fingers but actually isn't alive? <laughs> it's a glove. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, four for five. Um, what five-letter word becomes shorter when you add two letters to it? Five-letter word becomes shorter when you add two letters to it? Yep. Uh, short? It is. Five for six. Um, what can you, what can you make that no one, not even you can see? What can you make that not even you can see? Yep. Um, there's some weird things coming to my brain. technically right answers here but i don't know the one that you're looking for because i have a lot in my brain <laughs> i'll just spit one out for time's sake uh like air breath uh technically you can see breath if it's cold enough but the correct answer is noise oh noise that's a good one so, uh so let's say five for seven what occurs once in a minute tw twice in a moment and never in a thousand years uh, letter M. I feel like you'd heard that one before. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's six of eight. I actually haven't heard the other ones, though, which I'm impressed with myself <laughs> so far. We'll see how I end up. Uh, what goes up as soon as the rain comes down? Um, like crops, flowers... Things that grow out of the ground. The correct answer is an umbrella. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yes, yes, sure, sure, sure. Okay. Uh, six and nine. Uh, what has three feet but can't walk? A yard. Yardstick, but you know, right yeah, again. That measures a yard, right? Come on, come on. Seven for ten. I really thought these were gonna stump you. You seem like you know what you're talking yeah, about. Uh, what has four eyes but can't see? Four eyes. See. Four eyes. Can't see. What's another like word for an eye? What's like an example? <laughs> Can't see. Uh, 
Someone without their glasses? Mississippi. I knew it was going to be letters. <laughs> so seven for 11. What's as... I thought that was like not going to be anyway. <laughs> What's as big as an elephant but weighs absolutely nothing? A shadow. Shadow. Seven for twelve. Um. Um. Forwards, I'm heavy, but backwards, I'm not. What am I? I'm not. Man, I was doing good early. Now. <laughs> uh, one more time. Forwards, I'm heavy, but backwards, I'm not. Four legs. One head, one foot, and four legs. A table? Okay, I'll give that one to you. It's a bed, but technically a bed sits on a table. So I'll give it to you. Yeah, well, uh, table, same thing. Yeah. Table. yeah. The foot of the table and the four legs. So you're eight of fourteen. Can you take the top with the? Yeah, take the lead. Don't fail me, brain. <laughs> um, if I have it, I don't share it. If I share it, I don't have it. What is it? If I have it, I don't share it. If I share it, I don't have it. Oh man, I'm not gonna be able to get this one. I. My gut is like, if I have it, give me 10 more seconds here. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Wait, don't give me a hint because I want to win fair and square if I do. <laughs> and I want to lose fair and square if I do. I'll just say, if you repeat it, it should come to you. If you repeat the lines, it should come to you. If I have it, I can't share it. 
If you have it, you don't share it. And if you share it, you don't have it. If I have it, I don't share it. If I share it, I don't have it. Yep. Is it it? A secret. Well, you you started seven for seven for nine. I know I failed myself. I, all those ones at the end were like actually the second you said, I was like, no, that's so easy. <laughs> all right, so that wraps up the fan questions. And you said to me before that you did want to play a song. So now I will let you take the stage and play us a song of your choice. Cool, well, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate you. Everybody check out on socials, at Spencer Crandall, and uh, all the good stuff. So this is a song off my latest album, Wilderness. It's called My Person. I was looking for a long time. Never found nobody like you. Saw you order up in my tie. Suddenly, I wanted more to Got your name, got your number, and we talked till he turned on the lights. I was looking for a long time. I didn't know that night I'd find my person, my heartbeat, my soul dance with Sunday books, spit on coffee, and my no quick, no best friend, the steel, my t shirts, my reason for speeding home.
The next guest on the podcast will be Pat Wilson, also known as Gains by Pat. This will be airing January 18th at 3 o'clock p.m.